Welcome back to episode number 119 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast for building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. And in today's episode, we are remembering the 1916 Quaker Oats explosion in Peterborough, Ontario. In this episode, you'll just be hearing from me talking about the incident, about how it affected the community in Peterborough, Ontario, and the background information. And we're actually going to have a follow-up interview next week in part two of this episode, giving an interview with the one of the family members of the, the victims in this tragic incident. For those that are not familiar, the Quaker Oats explosion occurred in Peterborough, Ontario, December 11th, 1916. 24 individuals were fatally injured and the entire facility was destroyed. 500 workers were out jobs two weeks before Christmas. And the resulting property damage was $2.25 million in 1916 dollars. So you can imagine the, the entire amount there. This was a really tragic incident. And there's a couple reasons that we're going to get into why I want to talk about it on the podcast this week um, and why we're having Jane Gill, again, one of the family members of the, the victims in this incident, is actually her grandfather, on the podcast next week as well. So before we get into that, though, I wanted to leave a note to the audience members, to you that are listening to this. I fully realize that generally this is a technical podcast. We have folks on like engineers, protection consultants, folks that are providing equipment in these types of industries, but that in this particular episode, we may get audience members that are more from the general public that maybe live in the Peterborough, Ontario area or you know have descendants that are involved in this tragedy. I just want to make a note that, that my thoughts are with you and our team's thoughts are with you. If you have been personally involved in this or any other dust explosions, tragedies, incidents, accidents that we, we talk about on the podcast. We're really trying to start to show more of the human element of why the work that we do matters, why the work you do every day matters, and improving process safety and improving worker safety. So I do want to take a moment to acknowledge that, that if people are listening to this and this is your first time tuning into the podcast, generally we're talking about really technical topics, but this is going to be more of the, the story of what happened in Peterborough and how it impacted the, the lives in the community there. A couple notes on the, the aftermath of this tragedy. The Quaker Oats facility was actually rebuilt and still stands as a core pillar of the center of the economy in Peterborough, Ontario. Um, and in 2016, the community held a event to mark the 100th anniversary of the Peterborough, Ontario Quaker Oats facility and the impact that this tragedy had on the community there. And actually constructed a monument across the river that was facing the existing Quaker Oats facility. I believe it's called Millennium Park, the place that's located, and it bears the names of the 24 victims from this tragedy. So why is it important to remember disasters like this? And I want to give two reasons here. The, the first is that dust explosions in grain and food processing facilities is not a new challenge, and it's not an old challenge. It's just the current existing challenge that we have every day. People hear about combustible dust you know, generally for the first time, if they have a fire and explosion at the facility, or they have an inspector that comes in, or if they hear some of our awareness and education material, maybe they start to understand about it. But they might get the idea that this is a new challenge. And it's not. This incident in particular goes back to 1916, an explosion that leveled an entire large facility that we'll talk about in a moment, had devastating impacts to the, the uh, community there. Likewise, the solutions that we're talking about worked 100 years ago. Things like making sure you're keeping your fugitive dust levels down, controlling and collecting the dust, prevention techniques, protection techniques, the whole hierarchy of controls, 
a lot of those were being applied and talked about 100 years ago. A lot of them still apply today and should be talked about today. And our biggest challenge is not forgetting the lessons that we learned, which is one of the big reasons why going through the history books here and looking at things like this. So the other side, the other reason this is important is I want to give more of the background of the the impact of these type of explosions and types of tragedies on the families, on the friends, on the communities, on the economies, you know, the social social economic impacts of these type of, of accidents and incidents that have more broadly. We're going to talk about that more on the podcast, again, to show that the work that you're doing, the work that we're doing is important because it can stop these type of disasters and these type of tragedies from happening. In the case of this Peterborough, Ontario grain dust explosion, we had 24 families without family members that went came home that day. Uh, it directly impacted hundreds of households with the the, the folks that lost their jobs because they basically had no more job to go to. The social impact and the economic impact can last decades and even lifetimes. And we'll talk about this a bit next week with Jane Gill when we talk about her the impact that this incident in particular had on her her family and the community there in Peterborough. So to give a bit of a background, the 1916 Quaker Oats facility was built in, in 1890. It sat on the Autonomy River, and this is for the, the Canadian folks, they may know maybe where that is, but for uh, folks that are outside, the, outside of Canada, this is almost directly between Toronto and Ottawa, and it's just north of Lake Ontario. Quaker Oats had transitioned in 1901 from the American Cereal Company to Quaker Oats, and they were the largest cereal manufacturer in the world at that time. So it gives you an idea of the, the facility, the scale. The, the facility itself was a very large building from some of the old photos, at least seven stories in some places, dozens of grain storage silos, grain processing areas, bagging areas. It was very quite a, quite a large uh, facility for the production of, of oats. It involved material storage, mills, presses, bag filling stations, bag storage, all the kind of typical things you think about in a grain milling or grain pressing operation. There's some excellent resources where I pulled most of this information from. One is the video, a video called The Tragedy on the Autonomy. And again, this was put together by groups that are focused on the understanding and learning from this incident. In particular, the Quaker Oats Fire Descendants Organizing Committee. And this is uh, the committee that Jane is co-chairwoman of. that will be talking on the podcast next week. It's a committee that actually fought to have this uh, monument put up as well for the incident. So they have a lot of excellent resources. They have this video. They have a Facebook page with lots of photographs, lots of descriptions of what happened. Um, and there's several articles. We actually created an article remembering this tragedy based on that information. So we'll include links to all that in the show notes of this podcast episode, which is dustsafetyscience.com slash 119. So if you go there, we'll have links to all these resources that we pulled this information from. At the time of the explosion in Peterborough, this was two years after the war had started, and the facility was was very busy. They were working six days a week, three shifts a day. So it was a time when they were processing a lot of grain. They had pretty strict fire safety program, and it was highlighted that combustible grain dust was a challenge at the facility in terms of that it was well-known that they had measures in place to try to stop um, ignition and try to stop fires and explosions. In particular, there was no smoking in most parts of the building due to the possibility of grain dust hazards. Um, they had fire systems such as extinguishers and sprinklers that were included in the, the facility as well. On December 11th, 1916, one of the workers reported smelling burning grain in what was called the dry house. 
This appears to be an area where they were had several silos where they were drying the material out and had the potential for large dust accumulations. So you've seen some of these old photos around their mills and presses, around their bag filling stations and bag storage stations, that there is and not a lot of grain, but there is um, grain accumulations on the ground in thin layers, um, and in particular in these areas like the dry hosts, you can envision how those, those grain levels might have been higher. So the workers reported smelling burning grain in this dry host area, and shortly thereafter, uh, a large-scale explosion occurred which destroyed the northeast section of the plant. The section immediately caught fire um, and eventually collapsed, and when it collapsed, it actually destroyed the boilers and the water piping that was in a part of the building below where the explosion happened, and this disarmed the sprinkler system throughout most of the, the facility. So this allowed then fires to go on unabated and, and basically burn down the rest of the facility as well. So the outcome, as we talked about in the outset, was that where 24 lives were lost because of this, this incident, 500 went without, 500 or more went without their livelihood weeks before Christmas. Uh, many of the survivors were marked for life, you know, physically and, and psychologically from this incident. And there's a lot of stories and information about the loved ones and people that were lost um, I encourage you to watch this video, again, the tragedy on the autonomy, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. And in that video, they talk about all the, the things that we're talking about here, but also some of the stories of the, the people that were involved. I want to briefly share one of the stories. So that is of William John Garvey. William became trapped in the grain elevator, buried up to his neck, or in one of the, the grain elevators, buried up to his neck when the explosion happened. Uh, he only survived because his fellow workers dug him out while the structure burned around them, and he suffered very bad burns to his face from the, the flames of the explosion. Unfortunately, Mr. Garvey died two years later due to complications from his burn injuries. And we see this quite a bit in these type of large scale explosions. Someone has um, very bad burn injuries, it can lead to issues later on down the road. It can lead to infection, lead to complications, and unfortunately leads to sometimes loss of life as well. Garvey's son was 10 at the time of the grain dust explosion at the Quaker Oats facility. And his daughter, so William's granddaughter, is Jane Gill, who we'll have on the podcast next week. So Jane, as I mentioned already, is co-chairwoman of the Quaker Fire Descendants Organizing Committee. We had reached out to her when we were creating one of our written articles for this incident, and she really began to share the impact that this had on her family, on her father, on her folks that were in the community and her family and friends and how it really did have a, a large impact on Peterborough. You know, it's a hundred years ago that we're talking about this, but the ripple effect goes on and still felt today in that community. So I'm going to close out with some concluding thoughts. So in this incident then, in this case, uh, this tragedy, we had a, a pretty similar facility that we'd see that's milling grain today. We have bulk material storage. We have a milling, you know, milling equipment. We have pressing equipment to generate the, the raw materials. And then these materials are then bagged um, and stored and shipped out. So it's sort of a, a pretty simple operation that you'd see today. And in this case, fugitive dust accumulations, it, it appears that they were available throughout the facility. And it's just a matter of time till ignition source was found. This ignition source was smoldering combustible dust or appears to be from some of the reports that they had, which again is a pretty common ignition scenario for these type of facilities today. So this is really a tragic reminder of the seriousness of combustible dust in grain handling and other industries, but and the, the impact that they can have. So I really mentioned the outset of this podcast, 
I just want to share the story. Well, the, the purpose is that to illustrate that dust poisons are not a new problem. We're talking over 100 years ago that we had this large-scale entire facility loss type event. Um, and we're seeing those happen in 2015, 2016, 2020, 2021. We're recording these happening around the year, or around the world, rather, here in North America as well. And they have a, a large impact. And these impacts extend much further than just the facility. It impacts the families, the friends, the communities. They're all affected and it can last decades or even centuries into the future on the impacts that these type of incidents can have. So that's it for this episode. It's just a bit of a, a quicker one. I want to give you some background information on the Quaker Oats explosion in Peterborough, Ontario, before we bring Jane on to talk about the impact that it had on her and the community there next week on the podcast. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. I hope you have a safe and productive week ahead. I appreciate everything that you're doing in the industry's handling combustible dust making them safer around the world every day.